just kind of wanted to to get the feeling and know Zach, not who's better, yes. but you know, of like different styles. How how <laughs> how different DMs do things completely different. This person is enjoyable because of or in spite of, yeah, or in, you know. I love that. In spite of this person is enjoyable. <laughs> in spite of that's the cold open. That, right that there. Is the cold, yeah, that's the cold open. Hello and welcome to the Bite Size Gaming Podcast, the podcast that's serving up a buffet of RPG topics to get you through your week. My name is Zach, and the hosts joining me this evening are Troy Sandlin and John Christian. And then we are also joined by uh, two guests, two uh, friends of the show, uh, players at uh, the virtual weekends and players at our tables, uh, Ulysses and Girk. How are you fellas doing? Welcome, welcome. Thanks, Thanks yeah, for having us. Awesome. It was nice to see that the awkward uh, intro continued. Yes. Zach helped on that one. Zach helped on that one. Everything was cool <laughs> until Zach was like... <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I just think one of you guys should perfect a hello slash yodel and just drop it. <laughs> I could oh, do that. Oh, I could do man. That. I could do that. Hello! Like, like, that, you know? like a Ricola. Ricola. <laughs> I'm, and I'll just be over here with the, with the big... <laughs> like, like, like Gimli at the Battle of Helm's Deep. Yes. Oh, yeah. I need a, need a good, like a good Viking horn. A good Viking horn. Or a kazoo. Whatever Ooh, I, fits. I like how um, uh, our friends Dungeon Master Dojo have just kind of leaned into it. And their goal now oh. is to make it as awkward as possible oh. every single time. Mission accomplished. Man. God, that was painful. Holy well, moly. I mean, I listened to it with my wife. She's like, you know, like I was, I was really excited because I'm like, I think we did a really good job on this. It was like, we kind of, we brought it on that. On, she goes, you should listen to this. And she got to that one part. She goes, what the hell just happened? Like, yeah. I don't know. I think we all had strokes at the exact same time. When they told my- us to do that. My daughter come running out of her bedroom. What was that, Dad? <laughs> like, I, I don't know. That was wow. that was not well rehearsed. That's what that. Everything was. else was great, though. I thought. Yeah, but the but whole that was tragic. They That's asked tragic. for it, though. I mean, like we. I think all of us looked at them kind of funny when they're like, uh-huh. "No, just all say it at the same time. It's going to be great." We're like, "No, it's <laughs> no, not going to be good." Yeah. <laughs> so. uh. No, we, fun, we all like each but other, yeah. but coordination is not one of our strong suits. No. Or otherwise we'd be able to greet one another at the beginning of a podcast without sounding like a bunch yeah. of derps. This isn't yeah. synchronized swimming by any stretch. No. <laughs> uh, hey, before we get started today, um, we got a special episode, and uh, I'm really excited. I said that we were going to have something ex- exciting, and nobody believed me on Tuesday, so here we are. Something exciting, um, but well, well, considering this wasn't the exciting thing that you had planned, thank God. <laughs> How do we know? How do you know that? Because I was the other person on the rest of the podcast recording last week. <laughs> uh, well, hey, um, what I wanted to say is that um, we got a really nice message that I wanted to kind of do a, a secondary shout out about. A um, um, couple of weeks ago, we talked about a, a Kickstarter called Night of the Sun. Um, as something that we really liked and thought was cool. Um, one of the creators of that Kickstarter, uh, his name is Sean, um, messaged us on Facebook and said that he really, really appreciated, uh, our shout out and, uh, has really enjoyed listening to our episodes and all that. And anyhow, just seemed like a really cool dude and they're, they're funded now, which is awesome. And, Mm -hmm. uh, I just want to send more people their way. Uh, because it seems like they've got a good thing going. Yeah, as of yeah. this recording, they've still got like what twelve, fifteen days, something like that, yeah, left quite a few in the, days, on the Kickstarter. Yeah. And I've already, yeah. I've already thrown my money at it. I'm excited. Yep. 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 Well, that's like I said, we're not going to do a news element today. This is just a uh, uh, an after dinner <laughs> drinks uh, kind of one off episode. But 
Uh, I really uh, enjoyed getting to chat with the artist uh, of that for just a half a minute. And uh, it's cool. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I'm going to actually, as is the norm, I'm going to hand this over to Troy now as our um, as our home bartender, um, <laughs> our local. Uh, Troy, talk to us about what we've got in store uh, for the dear listeners tonight. On the on the short side of things, probably lots of shenanigans. Mm. Longer explanation. Uh, for those of you just joining, or, you know, didn't get to hear the little pre-show. Zach, John, and I are DMs with Baldwin Games. Uh, do a lot of their uh, Herald's Guild virtual D and D weekends. Uh, Girk and Ulysses are players in those uh, events on the weekends, and they have each played at our tables. All three of all three of our tables have have uh, had these these two as adventurers. Uh, I'm stumbling hard. Anyway, you gonna make it? Uh, I'll make it. I always do. It's fine. Yeah, I did it. It's It's never. It's never pretty. It's not about being pretty. It's about getting Troy to the finish line. Like he's like the runner who like collapses like 500 feet back, and you have to have like two people like pick him up by his shoulders. Legs are wobbling. 500 feet from the finish line or 500 feet from the start? start. (laughs) Go on without me. I'm not gonna make it. Anyway. But Ulysses, uh, last weekend, or at our last event, he played at John's table for House of Lament first, and then that following Sunday, played at my table for House of Lament with a different character. And I just thought it'd be kind of cool to get these two guys on to talk about not just our DMing styles, but right. the different DMing styles in general. What they what they look for in in DMs, uh, what uh, what brings them back to certain DMs over, you know, just putting their their hat into a the, the, the roulette wheel of DMs that could be a virtual weekend or a convention or something like that, and just kind of you know get these guys on the show finally since they've been following us uh, since pretty much the beginning and, and hanging out nice. and just been been cool mm-hmm. people. Yep, we're gonna ask the hard questions. Uh, hard questions. That everybody wants to know. Yep. So let me. Can, can I ask this one first? But for for Girk and for Ulysses, because uh, I don't think I've asked before. Are you like always players? Sometimes DMs, or what level of player versus DM ratio do the two of you run in? We'll start with uh, Girk. Um. <clears throat> so DMing is kind of my fallback. I really enjoy it. Uh, I don't play often, although I am now in, in two campaigns that I do play in. Um, but uh, yeah, DMing is kind of where I where I like to butter my bread. I really enjoy it. So Sweet. What you leave, Ulysses? <clears throat> so, you know, I will say that COVID, the lockdown, and the expansion of virtual tabletop play brought me back into the game after a hiatus. So in the past year, I've been exclusively a player, but back in the end of fourth edition and the beginning of, of 5e, I, uh, I did DM a lot, uh, particularly Madness of Garmore Alley, uh, Abbey, and uh, Murder at Baldur's Gate. And nice. uh, Murder at Baldur's Gate was extraordinary because it was much more theater of the mind and immersive. And, mm. uh, you know, I just feel that that's a very cool way to approach the game. And something mm-hmm. that I like about all three of you as DMs is how immersive you are. Hmm. Ah, well, thank you. Huh. Okay, well, that's good because that's for me that helps me with like a mental baseline with your perspective, like what it grows yeah. from. As like I'm always a player, and I'm, I've got you have a a stable of DMs that you've that have run games for you, but you've also been on both sides of the the screen, so that's cool. Yeah, yeah, and I've got a commitment from Ulysses that uh, when One Ring Two E comes out. He's gonna walk us through a, a, at least somewhat of a campaign. So, oh yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. There could be invitations to that campaign, uh, but I'm definitely, <laughs> I'm definitely up for it. Oh, man, I'm I am very down. Uh, That's cool. I'm excited. That's cool. I'm I'm interested in that system. Yeah. Uh, Troy, uh, I, 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 I should let you just take this and run. Um. But, but I won't. Uh, but I won't. <laughs> but I'm not going to. <laughs> but I'm not going to. <clears throat> no, I um like like I had this thought 
at the beginning of this recording and I'm like, you know what? We need to get it out there. Um, just so we kind of like, I don't know, dive into an odd area first. I would like to hear because they've all, all both of you, uh, Ulysses and, uh, uh, Gurk have ran with all three of us. What do you not like that we do? <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, man. Love, Here's you. the next no, no, hour. Uh, Here's the next my, hour. My, yeah. It yeah, was man, coming. Listen. It was coming anyway. Listen. Zach, Zach did, you did it for me. You did the heavy lift for me. Cause that was, Good. That was like, Good. please tell me what you hate. Just tell me what you hate about me specifically. <laughs> what turns your stomach? No, I, 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 I definitely want to hear the. I want to hear the uh, the thorns, as it were. No, we're never going to get another opportunity for this live. <laughs> you you may Impromptu. have to. Get, you Girk and I need some time. You have to. Warm yeah, up that's to that. tough. You, you have, have to go warm yeah. up to that. I don't know. That is that's beyond a cold open. That's like a cold prickly open. That that um, is true. Okay, okay. So so you guys you guys uh, ruminate on that for a little bit. I I'm, I'm gonna ask Girk, or I'm gonna I'm gonna take Girk back to uh, our first game. Together. First game. And I think I think the quote has been said a few times on the show: ass ramps and super zombies. One of the most memorable uh, things I've had in D and D, my whole yes. life. Uh, and I think the the the, ter- the the part of that phrase that gets people the most is the ass ramps, of course. Mm. Which is my part. Which is which is Girk's part. Uh, could you please regale everybody <laughs> with sure. with how the term ass ramps how that came about came into play? So this was actually. Uh, Basically, our first time with virtual, first time playing AL. That I mean, we had played at cons like years and years ago, uh, but as Ulysses said, um, you know, the pandemic, the shutdown, kind of got us back into playing due to virtual gaming. And so we joined. Uh, I believe it was Gen Con was the was the event. Mm-hmm. And so we were playing the Troy's table, and we had done something and wrapped up pretty quickly. So we we had some like time to kill, and you know, Troy was having us ride these sleds from one place to another. And it was, uh, it was my daughter, me, and my wife. And, uh, you know, he kind of let us goof around. And so I turned to my daughter, and I'm like, hey, you know what? Rubin's racing. And I kind of nudged her in the sl- on the sled, and it turned into a race. And then, like, you know, it got heated up between us. And uh, at the end, it was like, okay, roll for, you know, for sled riding. And I, I got a, a nat one. And I end up going like ass over end, and I'm sticking up out of the snow. And my daughter just Troy asked her, "Do you want to do anything?" She's like, "Yeah, I want to ride off of him." And so she just like launched <laughs> off my rear end, and uh, Dad became a uh, Yes, yeah. that was fun. Yeah. So yeah, that was it. Was it was a it was a great time. I mean, honestly, it was some of the hardest I've laughed at a at a D and D table the whole. I I, I will agree with the the, the hard laughing because man that was that it was just absolute it was an absolute blast it totally off the cuff came from out of nowhere yeah yes so what about you guys ask ask away we've got these two we got these two guys right here and Zach's already hit him with the hard question to make him sweat I'm I'm looking for kind of an analysis myself right right? like the differences between the three right well you played with all yeah. Okay. Yeah. One, get, of the, yeah one, one of the prompts of this is that I played last weekend at both your tables the same mod, mm-hmm. uh, same mod. and you know it. And and Troy was curious, and not so much in a, like a who's better. He was curious in terms of like how did you feel about it. And what I said to him in text was, it was like you know, you know, it's it's a difference between Hemingway and Fitzgerald. They're both amazing 20th century American novelists. You love them both, but for different reasons, right? And uh, am I allowed to be a little bit spoiler about House Lament, or do I have to keep it all hush-hush? We're, we are not a professional podcast. Spoiler alert, you have been warned. Yeah, carry but on. Like, but I would say, look, what worked well for me at both tables is both of you made it a very immersive experience, right? I mean, I think the whole reason you get excited about House of Lament and the upcoming book, you know, Van Richten's Guide, is you want that horror component to D&D. You want to be a little bit spooked. You want to be like a little lean into the screen in a video world. It'd be better at a table. But the thing is, both of you are powerful narrators. 
of mood, evoking a scene, you know, getting suspense notched up, but you do it in different ways. And like, I, I, I was thinking about three different episodes, uh, the demonic cat, the, um, the conservatory and the, you know, the, the, the plan attack. And then finally what goes down in the tower and each of you did different things. Like for John, that cat, came into like one of the first encounters and people started attacking it right away. So it became adversarial. Whereas Troy had to kind of walk into the seance room like it was a pet looking for, you know, affection or an owner or something. And the parties rift, rifted off of those two different approaches in very different and cool ways. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, okay. what happened in the conservatory and how it was described, both were incredibly creepy. Both had kind of core elements to it. But you guys made the made the experiences very different, and then of course the, the 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 tower scene and kind of the climax of it, you guys just role play that very differently, both in terms of you know the the two adversarial spirits that are really contending there. So I just give you kudos to both, and I think that you know for me it's like what do I like? And by the way, Zach, in case you felt left out in the whole Hemingway Fitzgerald thing, I was thinking is is Zach is Zach Faulkner? Or is he really Herman Melville? And being that, being that, <laughs> I'll take either. This pod, this yeah. podcast has never been this highbrow. I mean, no, I was going to say, like, listen, listen. I when, when you, Troy said that you that 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 was the feedback that you gave. I'm like, is that has there ever been a more Ulysses answer than Hemingway or Fitzgerald? You know, and I even you know, I had to look him up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but all I say is, I'm I'm sure that neither of them have ever put Asraps and Super Zombies in any of their uh, writings before. So I just, writings. Oh, oh, hold on, wait. I, just to be, just to be fair, just to be fair, you know, and and John knows this very clearly. When I know I I know I take a highbrow approach, and I'm very high fantasy, and I love lore and all that. But John, do you remember when Craig's character, the the rowdy Rooney Piper rushes into the plant, into <laughs> the conservatory, it. and helps me. What did I do? I wasn't highfalutin. I said, I said to him, Rowdy, give me that flask of whiskey now. And I gargled <laughs> to get that taste, that treckle taste out of my mouth. I gargled, mm-hmm. spat it out, and then drank a shot. And you gave me inspiration for that. That's right, because it was like it was like he was drinking paint thinner to get the uh, <laughs> the, the remnants out uh, of, of his mouth. And I was like, that's appropriate. Well, what I appreciate about the two of you, and I think the reason that uh, I was excited to get you on uh, is not just because you played with each of us. That's that's definitely a big element. But also, like, I think that both of you are very prolific in the AL adventure scene. Um, I don't know that there's very many people who play as many virtual weekends, as many slots at virtual weekends as both of you do. So... Um, I thought just in general, if we're, if we're going to sidetrack from DMing for a moment, um, I was just curious to see like, what, what do you as a players feel like the state of AL or, or where we are right now with that community is. So, um, so like I said before, we had played in AL a little bit years ago back at a, you know, a con in LA, um, and I hadn't, we hadn't really participated much since then. Uh, so this was really my first true experience. And, uh, you know, it was just great. Like I said, I, my first experience was with Troy. So that definitely helped. Um, mm. But we got, you know, we got bit in. My, uh, that game with Troy was my daughter's first time playing um, outside of her little friend group. Like, you know, really playing an actual, uh, you know, real mod. And so she loved it and she kind of bit hard. And then, um, you know, we brought my son into it finally. He was real hesitant for a long time. We finally brought him into it. He got into it. Uh, So I've been loving it. Um, I have to say, you know, we've played a few other tables other than your guys's. And, you know, I mean, we've had some fun. But I have to, you know, call me a kiss-ass. I think that's that's John's role in this whole party. But... I mean, honestly, true friend of the show, true friend of the show, right? <laughs> the three of your games, there's only one other game that stands out anywhere near as much. Um, and so, you know, like 
you guys have provided just this place where it was just enjoyment, you know, and each a little bit different. And so, you know, like Troy, kind of the ass ramp story, where it was like we were allowed to kind of do something and it was encouraged, you know, without, hey. Hi. <laughs> um, that was my daughter. Uh, she's the one that wrote off my ass. Um <laughs> How, does that does that introduction extend past the D and D circle at this point? That's it has once or twice, yes. It's, it's um, good. Yeah, that's so it's beautiful. But so you know, like I said, Troy is very uh, kind of encouraged that just that extra play. You know, those funny moments. Uh, uh, John, as Ulysses said, just the uh, the immersiveness, like the descriptions, the voices, the, and the other thing, just making sure that everybody was included. You were very good about going around to everybody at the table. Um, and there was the, there was the, um, that seven year old girl, she was seven or nine that was mm -hmm. at the table with us. And I mean, just the way you included her and, and she, you know, kind of blossomed at that table, watch, you know, with some of those things she did. So that was a lot of fun. And then, yeah, that's cool. And then, uh, I mean, Zach, your lore knowledge, you're like dropping of the lore bomb when we were, you know, crossing that bridge uh, over the um, uh, the Netherrealm city, like that was like that was a lot. It was awesome. Um, oh, good. And, and in your awesome. game, you also you also got my daughter to pick which was her favorite parent. I mean, it yeah. was, of course, me. <laughs> but uh, she had to choose between me and her and her mother, and which to save. Me, so yeah, that was that was. I mean, that's a highlight. That truly is. <laughs> Oh, I had forgotten oh, about that. Yeah, that like yeah. I I always feel like um I'm not the 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 DM who's going to kill the party or kill the player and I insist that that's not me. And then every story that comes up seems like <laughs> Troy's nodding emphatically. Dude, but yeah, dude, you like... kill people in a in a in a in a in an introductory roll twenty game. Ulysses, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. No punches pulled. Not a single, oh. nary a single punch pulled. But but <sighs> but but Zach, you, you asked the question about the AL scene, and uh, yeah, so, you know, look, me. I would say, all right, listen. So a couple observations about the AL scene. One, you know, shout outs to people like Graham Ward, Ginny Loveday, Brendan Lewis. I've had an absolute blast playing at their tables, you know, and there's like, you know, there's five other DMs. I can't wait to play at future virtual weekends. So, you know, I think there's a lot of great talent out there. Um, and I think we're at a unique moment for me in that there's such an opening up of the aperture of within AL, you've got the seasonal campaign, which is Rhyme of the Frost Maiden inspired, but now you've got Candlekeep Mysteries. Now you're going to have Mist Hunters. So there's like a lot of environments, a lot of milieus you can go and explore. But I also love the non AL dimension of the weekends. I love playing the Eberron 1099 with Zach. I love playing Dark Plane with Graham Ward. I highly recommend it because it's an extraordinary world and he's fantastic at it. And I've been trying very hard to get the Ginny's table for Fires of Heresy and Theros. So I mm. think, you know, this mm. year kind of shell-shocked us all with COVID, but I feel the community responded really well with going virtual. And I think there's such a proliferation of awesomeness out there in, the, in what you can do uh, that it's hard to get to do everything you want to do. Mm. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a really that's a really keen observation, right? Something that I think that we forget about, you know, sometimes both the players and the DMs, is that as things shift from one season to the next, or one thing to the next, one set of rules, or the new thing just comes out, we f we forget about like how much it's expanded in the last three hundred and sixty five days, yeah. and how much more options there are now, um, and then just different play areas for the, pl the players and the DMs to enjoy, to where it doesn't get stale and stagnant. We're all, we're all like, I, know, I can't begin to tell you how many times I've had players appreciative of the fact that they're not in some frozen wasteland anymore, that they're not in Icewind Dale anymore. So, oh my God, thank God for Candlekeep. Thank God for Eberron, because they, they can get out of the cold for a bit, dip yep. over into those other little playground areas, and then come back into it if they want to. Um, I think that the way they've tried to do that as best as they can, you know, 
it's kind of like it's a it's it's in it's in a state of growth, organic growth with like the masters, historic and seasonal play, right? But I thought in particular one of the things that was really really neat about this last time with the Ravenloft preview is that it was like it's not AL. Don't worry about it. And holy crap, was that freeing for me as a DM? I'm like, oh my god, we can have so much fun with this. Play whatever you want. I'll make yep. it work. It felt more like a home game mm-hmm. when we started taking the bridle off of the horse and say, just go and let's see what ends up happening. Yeah, I like that you brought up the uh, the non AL stuff. Mm. Hopefully, we have a few Herald's Guild DMs that listen to this every once in a while. Uh, I encourage more people to pick up some non-AL adventures and run Mm -hmm. those, offer those up. Uh, If nothing else, they're a nice palate cleanser to the the structure of the organized play. And it lets you spread your wings. It gives the players a chance to come in out of the cold for a little bit for something new and exciting. It can get weird. Like that's that's the thing that I like about it, right? Is like, like that's why... As a DM, I think like sometimes you want to get out of Forgotten Realms or you want to get out of mm-hmm. Middle Earth or wherever you're running your game, and you don't necessarily feel like you need to run like a whole other side campaign elsewhere. But like you have these little things. I know I do that. Like these little series that like I ah, just this is bizarre and funky. And if I if I wait for my home crew to do it, it's going to be two years when we finish this mm-hmm. hardback. This is a perfect opportunity to kind of get that out there, and uh, I don't know. I've I've really enjoyed it. Uh, Ten ninety nine is we got one more to go, and I'm I'm really excited to 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 wrap that up. And that had been on my bucket list for how how many months, right? Like yeah. we talked about that back last year, and and now it's getting to happen. Hey, Girk brought up a point when he was talking about things he liked about the three of you. And it made me think about a strength you may not realize the three of you have, which is the strength of improv. You know, it's abundantly clear as a player when you show up at your three tables how prepared the three of you are. But mm. I think both of you have a spirit of improvisation if the table takes you someplace that hasn't necessarily been specked out. Like, you know, and I think for Troy, it was when we were in Dugan's Hole and, you, you know, we started riffing with Curl. And we had that really emotionally intense exchange with Curl. And, you know, it's funny with John, when I did the same adventure, we ended up in this sea cave with this elven spirit that was like one line in the mod that John had as a sustained encounter that riveted the party. And, you know, Zach, when we were playing our Lord of the Rings inspired uh, Rhyme of the Frost Maiden, when we were on that island and I had the bones of the dead elven lords, oh, yeah. like, and you know, what, what's supposed to be like this massive combat, maybe overpowering for the party, you ended up riffing and did this amazing role play. So I just give the three of you kudos for, yeah, you prepare a lot, but you improv really well. Well, and that's awesome to hear. Yeah. I, I find that like, I, I love, I love hearing that feedback because I sometimes feel like, um, I kind of sometimes feel the same in in the sense that I think the best moments come from that improvisation Mm -hmm. as opposed to, because there's like prepared gets you so far and then improv sometimes gets you the rest of the way. And I think back to our Eberron game, uh, our 1099 game. And that last adventure was like almost exclusively improv uh, because I could not find the story thread in it in prep time and i'm like you know what we're just gonna trust that like we'll find the story in the moment and like man that was such like yeah i don't i don't know how good i am on a regular basis but there are moments where i feel like the best DMing comes when when you set the when you set the book or set the adventure to the side and you say well what's going on here in the moment and what can we make of it well and as, as a self-professed over prepper um prepping yes. the over prep is uh, I, I well, I'm good. I'll say it. It's a byproduct of insecurity, for me. It's like whether or not I like I I have to know every detail in it before I'm comfortable enough to just go. And then, but the the having that prep done then frees me up to like who gives a crap at this point? Yeah. Whatever you throw at me, I've I know I've got like this. I've got the bones 
so deeply set in what where it can go and what it should kind of do that whatever you lob at me, I can either navigate it back around to whatever that is because I'm so familiar with it, or like I'm just like I rest in the prep you know that I've got, and so that I, I, I feel like that helps me out a lot, quite a bit. There's also I'm- like. Uh- Colville, we can't we can't go too far without mentioning okay, Colville. Okay, it's gotta, gotta um, be one sh- once a show at least. I was like, yeah. well, that's that's Zach's Dragonlance. I think. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Just it's all Zach. Yeah. It is all Zach. <laughs> Listen, a hole. Whatever. Everyone, hallowed be pants. thy name. Uh, I mean, I love you, Tracy. I love you, Roger, wherever you are Um, but no. Um, he mentioned on a previous, uh, on a recent live stream, something that I was like, yeah, that's exactly how I feel. He said. When you don't do the prep or when you don't do the prep in the right way, what ends up happening a lot of the time is that you get in the middle of a combat and you're like, oh, if I would have just actually Mm. took the time with this, it could have been so much better, right? Mm. Um, Yeah, that I was like, man, that is exactly how I feel. Like I know in the midst of a almost exclusively encounter, but like, I'm like, yeah. It doesn't matter how much everybody enjoys this. I know it could have been better if I would have. If I would have, yeah. So along along the improv line, for at least at least how I feel about it from my standpoint, I throw it back to the players. Mm. I am only as good at improv yep. as the players are in what they're giving to me, yep. and and I don't say that to make it sound like I'm up here because what I'm giving back is maybe a tenth as good as what I'm getting from the players. And and I am trying to elevate myself to that standard, to mm. what they're giving me. So, you know, players out there, don't be afraid to riff. Don't mm. be afraid to step in and chew some scenery a little bit. Um, you know, you don't want to do it constantly through the whole session, but every once in a while, step forward into that spotlight and and make your monologue because yeah. that that can inspire the the rest of the table, including the DM. Mm-hmm. It, it, you might inspire somebody so much that that adventure that was going down this pathway suddenly becomes something completely different, and it creates an awesome, beautiful moment that you never would have had before if you just sat there and, well, I'm going to make my insight check. Mm-hmm. You know, give it, give it to your DM. Cause like I said, when I start getting a little bit of, you know, get those nuggets from the players, I start trying to pull more because I want more of the story and I don't have that unless you're going to give it to me. Well, Troy, I would say that, look, I'll, I'll never forget that we're playing a game, but to me, when it's at its best, it's collaborative art, right? It's this. And to me, that's what makes it hum is when everyone's riffing off each other's ideas and you're writing a collective narrative and that's exciting. And, you know, I learn a lot from your podcasts, both. I mean, I learn a lot as a player, but I also learn a lot as a sometimes DM of just how to be better. But I really think that notion of how do you create a collaborative environment where the story is getting deeper, tighter and compelling. Right. Mm. Like who owns the story? Right. The philosophical yeah. who owns the story. I don't own the story. Nope. You know, I, what I've done is like, I, I've like, like, again, I give you the framework and then you help me slap meat onto the bones. Like, like if, if, if I, otherwise I may as well, I write a book, right. If I really wanted to, otherwise I want people to collaborate with me and share the ownership and, and to the point where things that I've learned from other systems like star Wars, uh, what is it? The, uh, edge of the galaxy or, edge of the empire yeah one of the things i got from that was look i don't i also don't own this i don't know the story i also don't own the set dressing 100 percent. like i will give you 60 to 70 percent of what's in a room in a chamber in an oubliette and then like if you say that something is there there's probably a pretty good chance it's going to actually be there right whether there's a chandelier table chair broken bottle whatever are there chandeliers and oubliettes uh, in all of mine, there are. Okay. <clears throat> just so, so I just wanted something. to, yeah, 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 yeah I just wanted to like, like bring home the point about the improv. I, 
at all three of your tables, I don't think I could have pulled out a point where I said, oh, this is improv. Like, it just felt like the story, you know, the mod and the story were one and the same. Like, I never knew that we were improving. And I mean, that goes to the, the ass ramp story. Like I thought that was part of the mod. I thought that's what we were supposed to do. This whole like race and everything like that just seemed like, well, what else would we do? <laughs> I didn't find now. out till like much later now. that that was not part of it. And it, you know, it, it's just, I never played and felt like it was like, okay, we're kind of off the rails here. And, um, you guys always kept the story going regardless of what we did. And you just rolled with it. And I, like I said, I never felt that uh, I never really knew what was improv and what wasn't. I'll throw this back to Zach and Troy. Is that that's I know for me at least, it's fake it till you make it. It's right. It's like the air of knowing what I'm doing, but internally like panicking. Oh my god, what do I like to the uh, the story that um, that Ulysses was talking about about the like the kind of like the 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 spirit that was in the cave and like the the spirit of the lake and all that stuff like i pulled every bit of that out of my ass like every there's literally one line in there that said there's a spirit on the lake and that's cool and that was like it that's all there was in it and i was like just riff 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 and i'm like in a panic thinking this is just so bad no one's Uh getting this at all it's this is so clumsy and then everybody's like but i but i always like i maintained that composure of yeah, yeah, yeah. This is I, I actually I to- totally know what I'm talking about. <laughs> this is all in this is all in the this is all in the mod. Yeah, it's, it's all, all planned. It's, it's all planned for. Yeah, it uh, it's funny that Girk you brought up that that mod that it's like ten one or something where you go over the oh. bridge necromancer because it's like oh man I am terrified to run in Forgotten Realms most times and especially to drop lore in the Forgotten Realms because I just yeah. know that like. I'm going to walk in and try to drop something. And there's somebody just judging like from the other end of the table. Like, table yeah. well, actually, if you knew anything yeah. about what you were talking about, you would know. And yeah, so uh, DM explained. Yeah. DM explained. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, that was a, uh, I, I think I maybe just felt confident. I knew, I knew you guys enough to feel like maybe I could, could try a little bit. And I'm glad that it worked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what? One other thing, I've had I've had the pleasure of playing at a table with Ulysses, <laughs> and I gotta say that was a lot of fun. And I don't get to play very often anymore, um, but it was a good. And I think it was rather you know maybe serendipitous a little bit. Our characters kind of ended up almost simpatico. Yes, with, with how things la- were were described because uh, we were using uh, pregens, and it just was it was just kind of a cool, uh, fun way to you know to experience that uh, with with someone who's been at the table so often. It was just it was just fun. And I've also I have also been able to play with John and Zach as my DM. Hmm. They have yet to play in anything that I've ran. Troy has been avoiding it. I think that's I think well, that's real quick, we Troy. Huh. You know, I was at the table. My wife and I were at that table as well. Yes. Oh, that's right. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Obviously, because... a huge impression we made. <laughs> I, I was... Boom roasted. It... Boom roasted. That, that is fair. No. The, the, the fact that he... Because oh, some... I... Ulysses somehow pulled me into his backstory. No, no because what yeah, happened no, it was... It was just like... It was, it was just so... So interesting. No, you guys, the the interaction was great. I mean, it really was. You guys, it seemed like it was planned. Yeah. Well, you know, this, first of all, Girk, you and Amanda got, really, you guys got first pick of characters, and you chose two awesome characters. Troy and I ended up with Furbogs, and in the process of ramping up into the game, I just, like, we created that connectivity, that we were from the same region, and we'd come together. But this touches on a point, I don't think this was recorded, it may have been the pre-game chatter. I really think on these virtual weekends, players need to do a better job getting on early with their characters and creating connectivity and backstory. Because if I had to contrast the John and the Troy House Lament tables, it wasn't so much who DM better or not. It was which player group was tighter. And... Mm. Because, you know, 
and and John knows this. Like Craig just dropped an A plus character, like mm -hmm. within like a day of of the channel being up. I mean, the, I mean, this character concept was brilliant. I loved it. Then this other guy came in and dropped this this <laughs> the rotund human cleric of trickery, oh God, which 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 was just and he had the best picture I've ever seen ever posted in AL chat. And then, but but the point is, we started riffing, and we had a connectivity, and we had like a simpatico, as you say, as we went in that ri that, that rippled through the mod. It's the session zero. You you yeah. all had the session zero. I mean, yeah. I facilitated it to a degree, but I mean, it was more of like questions and encouragement more than anything else. The the players really they fostered their own environment to talk to one another. It was really good. So it's awesome. So for us too, like um, where it started was Gen Con, and like I said, Troy was our first table, and he asked me. I, you know, I sent a, I linked to my character or whatever, and he took a look mm -hmm. at it, and he asked me some mm -hmm. question about it, and uh, this was all through DMs, so private messaging, and so you know, I wrote back, and we started chatting, and I mean, I think like we chatted for like hours that night, we did, and yeah. then that helped like bring us into the table like i was already feeling like comfortable and awesome and this was going to be mm -hmm. a great time and we you know and so and it just kind of continued from there i mean that's how i got to know troy and became friends with him um, was just that simple like question that he asked in the in the uh discord channel for the table and it just kind of developed in there i don't remember there being a lot of other discussion from the other players i think there was some no there, there's but very that, very little but yeah you so reached key. out early early on yeah and, that, and yeah, like like to everybody's point, that is key. If you're going to play one of these virtual weekends, you have the opportunity to meet your DM ahead of time. Mm -hmm. You have the opportunity to maybe meet some of the other players ahead of time. Which is, out of, which is unlike it's, anything that we've ever it's, done it's before. It's completely unique. Yeah. And had had Girk and I not had that little back and forth, um, I was, it was almost a week before the game even started, I, I think. Yeah, it was, it was quite a ways before, yes. Um, and it was just like... I was kind of mindless, like, that's really cool. I mean, the, the, a player reached out before the game, which I never really got before because you sit down at a table at a live convention and players just swarm you. They sit down, they do their thing, then they swarm away. Mm -hmm. um, so I was like, have this, I got, we got to have a, a good rapport with this guy. This is awesome. And his, his family's going to play. This is going to be fun. And then they, they sat down and yeah, it was just absolute blast had and i th think i made it maybe, maybe pulled a page out of john's book and ran over a little bit but you know whatever no <laughs> um but yeah i was at your table twice so like i just happened to sign up for two of your tables kind of you know accidentally i had a you know i had a strategy i picked the same time each day or whatever you know and it just happened to get your table twice so it's like it just kept going too yeah and it was it was just so it was it was just an awesome feeling to, to be able to build that relationship before the game even started, mm -hmm. to have fun at the table, and then continue that relationship and strengthen that relationship over the past year. Um, and, you know, Girk and I talk uh, quite often throughout the week and, and just to see what's what's up and not necessarily about the game. And it's just the, the this game, the magic in this game, is, is, is there's so many different levels to it. It, it, it's not just a game. Uh, I used to listen to a podcast, uh, Talking Tabletop, I believe is the name of the podcast. And uh, Jim Murphy was the host. Hmm. And he used to say that role-playing games are the highest art form. And Ulysses, you know, brought that up, that, that uh, it, it is an art form. And over this past year, past couple years really, uh, thinking about role-playing games and what they've given to me, what they've brought into my life... And what I see them do for others, I agree. It is it is one of the, if not the, highest art form because it's it's ephemeral, but there's actual tangible elements to it. It's it's you. It's what you put into it. It's what the rest of the table put it puts into it. It it feeds and lives off of everybody else, and it's just a, a magic thing that makes your family all expand all over the world. Mm -hmm. And, mm. and yeah, that's what I feel really lucky to have been able to meet Girk and his family and play with Ulysses and then these other two knuckleheads that are always here. <laughs> and our well, stream is going absolutely crazy right now. <laughs> well, 
I think we've I think we've let these two off the hook long enough. Uh, oh, hold on. All right. Be, be, before before we get to the critical, I, you you also at the beginning you talked about changing the evaluation form. Yeah. And and I would actually say, based on this conversation, the things I'd recommend for what I'd love to give feedback on a DM about is one: how immersive she or he made the experience, right? Made made me feel as a character immersed in the story. Two how well I felt she or he improved with player ideas and player creativity, right? Mm. Those, like, based on this conversation, what Girk and I have said and how we've talked about how much we like being with the three of you, you know, it's, it's those are big, those are big things and I don't really think they, they manifest on that form, right? I don't think mm, that I you agree. really, you don't have them. Mm. Um, Fun. You know, all right, Kirk, do you want to go first with the critical? <laughs> I do not. I have no interest in going. <laughs> in uh, fact, okay, you know what? Over here. I will go first. Here's what I'm going to say, and it, you may think it's a cop out. I honestly, I'm not saying there wasn't anything that I didn't enjoy, or there was so, not. I had so much fun though overall that I honestly can't remember something that bothered me. Like I really don't, and I, you know, call it a cop out. I have no idea, but it it just. Zach's gonna, I don't know. Zach's gonna like, kill your next character. I could tell. Yeah. That's well, it. I mean, that was fun too. He did that already. Like I, you know, <laughs> I, I know I got the full Zach experience. I mean, this, this you know, is my I shock. Got... This is my shock face. <laughs> oh. So, Ulysses, why don't you say something now? And if I, if that, right. you know, jogs anything, I'll jump in too. All right. I'm not going to name names, but I will say <laughs> that. The, 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 one, the one thing that's potentially frustrating is when you don't get to kind of a core part of the mod, right? Now, in a home campaign, this is never an issue because there's always another night. But in an AL setup, you know, as you guys know, having run House Lament, there's no way you could go to the second and third floor of the basement. Mm -hmm. And, John, you remember in the, in the, in the table you ran of uh, the Price of Beauty, mm -hmm. we didn't get past that big combat we never got mm -hmm. to the tower we never got to like find the the priestess we never got to free the dwarf from candlekeep and yeah. i and and I, and that's not your fault <laughs> it, it's, it's largely the fault that is largely that the table decided to violate what i consider the inviolable rule of fantasy role-playing game don't split the party <laughs> because everyone went a different direction and we had and we, and we lost time but that's the mm. thing that frustrates me is when you don't get to the juice of the narrative and mm. you don't get an opportunity to it uh, and that's again I don't I'm not laying that to blame I'm just simply saying that's something to be cognizant of and a time management issue and the other thing is I think it'd be good to let every player know if your big bad has a lot of legendary actions, they shouldn't try to do their big spells first. <laughs> Girk, 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 you I know can, what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. <laughs> because I have... Uh, God. A damn owlbear. <laughs> but, but listen, you know, oh, it's, I, I, I will say this. I, I've grown a lot over the past year as a player because of playing as much as I have, but also listening to you guys on this podcast. Like, I think you guys talk a lot about the importance of resource management and that mm -hmm. this isn't like a video game restarting from maximum power. Like, it's much mm -hmm. more interesting to have to figure out a challenge, be it a combat or a strenuous part of exploration and, you know, curious, uh, you know, investigation with limited resources. So I yeah. learned that from you and I appreciate it. And well, I would agree, good. like my playing after, you know, starting at the table and then keep playing through this, through these AL, through these virtual weekends, like I've never played this much in my life. I've never, <laughs> I have four games I play in at home now. Like, I mean, wow. it's, and it's all because of these virtual weekends. Like it is purely because of that. Cause I never would have, like the people we play with live in Vermont, right? I never mm -hmm. would have thought to start a VTT, you know, and play with these people until this virtual weekend. And it's like, it's opened up a whole you know, and I have no intention of stopping anytime soon. Like this is just awesome. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I appreciate. It. Like that's again, that's a lot you guys too. So well, well I, I feel I feel like this this episode has been a, a huge back padding. 
I liked it. Well, I've, I've said it before, you know, that the feedback that I get from my players, I couldn't, I don't think I could have figured it out on my own uh, because I'm, I'm too critical of myself to, to know what my strengths are. It's like, I know the things that I like. I think the things that I enjoy doing, but like, what am I good at? I've, I got, I've gotten that from player feedback. What I still haven't gotten back yet are like, like, what are the things that annoy the hell out of people at my table? Because I know they're out there, but people are way too nice to say. Or like, but and and it doesn't. It's not going to hurt my feelings because it's one of those things where I'll take it into into consideration that not every every player is the same, right? And one thing that one player doesn't like about the way that I run a game, others will, right? So it's trying to find that medium. And it's the balancing act, right? Well, but I refuse to believe that I'm that damn good. There's no way to where like, so, oh, wait, wait, I'm something. sorry. You, you are the DM of the year. I was like, going to say, I was in awe. I couldn't say one. The glow <laughs> coming <laughs> from you. Of, two, two, of 2020. We've already established that that was like a, the turd sandwich of years. So I couldn't really have been that good anyway. <laughs> it, yeah. it should, Which DM it should... epitomizes 2020 the most? <laughs> wow. This guy. And, and John, just so you know, after the podcast uh-huh. is over, uh, Zach and I have been working on a list. We've of got things a list. That, yeah. that annoy the oh. shit out of us about you. You guys are amazing. So, yeah. well, thank you. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to wait. That's fine. We don't have to wait. So, I wanted to interject just one more story because I told something that was amazing about playing with Troy and something about Zach. So, John, the one thing that I will always remember from playing at your table, and I mean, I had mm-hmm. a great time. There's a lot of things. I got to roll 12d6 for one thing, and I have never rolled that many dice in my life. And I don't know that I ever will again. It was, it was, a, <laughs> the only thing, the only thing I wish is we had been at a real table at a real con, because oh. I can just imagine the people at other tables around us, if I had rolled that, <laughs> you know, real dice and hearing all of those dice in one thing, like just everybody, what was that? That was, that you was need, you would need like a plastic thing. dice cup that would yes, be as yes. obnoxiously loud as, <laughs> and then oh, yell Yahtzee, yell Yahtzee. Yes, that would be that was that awesome. would be fantastic. Yeah, that was. I great remember too. that. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah oh, that make that'll make a DM pucker seeing that much damage coming towards <laughs> something. On it's much more fun for the DM to roll that many dice, I tell to you. To roll that oh, many? It, well, it's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Could I have a bucket of dice? You had done you had done enough damage to me through that for for the first part of that that combat I'll where try. it was fine. I had to get you back. I had to do something. I wanted to, well, it was if nothing else it was satisfying and I was glad to be a part of that for you, so. Yeah. I, well, go ahead, Zach. No, I was just going to say like uh, as we're kind of rounding out here, um I if we haven't stressed it enough yet, I want to continue to stress it that like some of my favorite moments at at the table have happened with uh, with your with your crew with uh, mm-hmm. your crew Girk and, and Ulysses with our game and whatnot. And it's it's so nice it's so nice to have uh, players who are as engaging. And so uh, up for it, and a word that we used before on the podcast that I'll I'll use here again is like trusting. Mm-hmm. It it completely changes the game, and it makes it it makes it exciting to run every time. Uh, I've told these guys before. Uh, Ulysses is in one of my home games at this point, and there are some nights where I'm like, man, I feel like I had to do half the work <laughs> of a regular <laughs> game because I just let. Ulysses, go, and it's great. You get a break, and it feels great. And you're like, yeah, he made that that better than I would have said it. So great, yep, let's, yep. let's let's go on. Well, you're kind. You're kind to say that, but you also empowered me because you gave me. I mean, to be a, a elven bard in a Lord of the Rings environment is like one of the coolest things. It's like I just want to say, going back to your elf broadcast. Because the Dwarven DM is not necessarily a friend of elves, oh, and for a lot of legitimate yeah. reasons. But even That's the Dwarven DM, even the Dwarven DM recognizes the glory of Fingolfin. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> that's like that's that's like Gimli like crushing on Galadriel, uh, yep. man. There's just oh, there's yeah. something that's so so good, man. Fingolfin yeah. at the gates of Angband, uh, yeah. Chef's kiss. Ah. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's just nice, uh, you know. Uh, the, the 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 home game is great, and uh, like I I remember 
very much walking away from that table with Kirk and your family and being like, that was so good. Like, <laughs> like your daughter having to sit there and be like, all right, now you, your parents are dying on opposite ends of this room, <laughs> which you, you may not be able to heal both ones. Which one do you go to first? And like, that's such a great, like, uh, we're gonna, I'm going to drop his name again, but that, that Colvillian concept of debate, like there's not a better case for that than like when you have to decide between family members in a matter of life and death um it's it's beautiful and it's memorable and i love it and i those moments are often just as good or better than you know rolling the yeah. max damage or the the cool epic scene or whatnot it's like yeah we got <laughs> i bring it up at least like once every couple of weeks i mean it's like i it's a constant reminder just make sure my wife <laughs> oh, is, yeah. is aware just, oh, yeah. she doesn't forget oh. Yeah, just, mm -hmm. I'm afraid she forgets. So, <laughs> and, and you wouldn't want that to happen. Uh, I I just want to say, you know, for anybody out there listening, player DM, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of talk gets thrown around about how how good this DM is or whatever. Hmm. If you want to be a good DM, or if you or as a player, if you want to have a good DM, it is it is a relationship. Uh, a DM is uh, maybe. An okay DM. I think I'm an okay DM. When I'm a great DM, it's because I've got awesome players like these two mm -hmm. guys, mm -hmm. and that's what it's all about. It's it's like John said. It's not my story. It's our story. It's mm -hmm. not my setup. It's our setup. Yeah. It's all a, a give and take, a back and forth, a trust. It in and that's what it's all about. And when you've got when you got two guys like this that sitting at your table playing and rolling dice with you. Man, you know, sky's the limit. You you just mm -hmm. don't know what's going to come out. You don't know where the adventure is going to go. But whether you're the DM or other players, contribute to that. Feed that. That's what you want. Hang on and ride that ass ramp all the way down that hill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Keep on yeah, I, I think the best way that I could describe it, <laughs> that I, what I really appreciate about, about both Girk and Ulysses is they're on your side. Yes, it's not, it's not adversarial. It is not yeah. all right, monkey boy. <laughs> inter entertain me. You know, it's not, that's not what that's not what it is. It's like there is a there's an, we're gonna, it's going to be a sh an experience that we're going to share, and that they've yeah they've paid for the ticket to be here, but it's like just for the seat and for the experience. It's not for and not everything is on me, right? That they they have ownership in it, and so that is it's comforting having players like that mm -hmm. at the table to where I'm not alone. It's not just yep. me on this side of the screen and I have to like dance, you know, at the end mm. of strings, you know, uh, to, to make that's everybody to happy. Watch, but that's good. <laughs> it too. is fun that's, to watch. It's usually John better dance. whenever I'm sweating though. That's like, <laughs> that's the kind of dance you want. It's like, Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But no, I, I I really appreciate that though. Out of out of, out of players, is that you're a, we're all, it's not me versus you. It's we're all on the same side, and we're mm -hmm. it, the, the the purpose is let's have a really really good time and tell a really awesome story. Boom, yeah. and then everything kind of evolves out of that. Yeah, well, you guys are kind, uh, but Girk and I definitely love being part of it all. Yeah, and and you we love that you guys easy. are part of it. Yeah. Well, that's Aww. a good, that's a great segue uh, to kind of wrap us up with. If this sounds like something you want to be a part of, dear listener, you can. Uh, <gasps> step one, go follow us on Facebook and mm. get notified as soon as we have games go live. Step two, come to a virtual D&D weekend, come to a convention, and uh, and come play games with us because it's absolutely something that we want you to be a part of, and it's something you can be a part of, and it happens at this point with great regularity. So, yep. let's make it happen. And, and we have an army of awesome DMs just waiting to, oh. uh, yeah, give you. Oh an my awesome gosh! Time. Here, here. Yeah, it is. Yeah, like, but like, let that, let that. Even though this kind of like centered around the three of us, right? Let it be known that there were names that were dropped for a reason in this. Oh. And, and there, there was were, a lot were, of names that were forgotten. Yes, we did, we're not. not there are some <laughs> really phenomenal, <laughs> phenomenal DMs that are out there that are part of the part of the the, the stable. And some of them that these guys haven't even met yet, haven't even ran mm -hmm. with yet. But, I mean, yeah, come and play. Yep, exactly. All right. Well, all good things come to an end. Uh, 
I think uh, that's going to do it for this uh, after dinner drinks. Thank you, Girk and Ulysses, for hopping on. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yep, thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks for having us. This was great. But, absolutely. Thank you, Troy. Thank you, John. Thank you, Zach. Yep, it's been very, very cool. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Troy and John, for hanging out one more time. Uh, thank you, dear listener, for uh, chilling in with us one more week. And uh, until next week, we'll see you next time. Have a great game, everybody. Bye, everybody. Take care. Uh, man, uh, we've got half our audience uh, live with us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was just wondering, it's like, who are we? Who are we actually saying hi to? <laughs> They're right Craig. here with us.